Welcome, friends, to the Spiritual Normies Podcast. A place and space for conversations deep and real. That awaken the mind. Free the spirit. And and heal heal the the heart. heart. I am Roberta. I am Francis. And and we we are are Spiritual spiritual Normies. Hello, podcast listeners. We have a very fun episode uh, for you today. Michelle Cantu Solomon, and she gives us a snapshot of the decisions she had to make from moving from Texas to California and places in between and currently in Washington, D.C. But what makes this episode fun is we get real and honest from talking about pee down your leg decisions to... (laughs) Being able to challenge that voices, those voices of insecurity that she calls Corilla Deville, and we're we're all over the map when it comes to faith and leaps of faith, decisions she made, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did interviewing her. We had a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughter, and we hope you get something out of it. I also want to mention that we interviewed Michelle, who we often refer to as Mitchie, in April of 2020, and we mentioned the number of deaths from COVID at that time, which is currently in December of 2020. Actually, um, the number is 317,000 now. Just wanted to mention that grim but honest detail. This is the time to stay. This is the time to keep looking. Mm -hmm. And all of those like little blessings along the way, like I'd never felt so incredibly rich at a time when I was so incredibly broke. Let's jump right in. Let's get right within. Welcome to Spiritual Normies, Michi. Hi. Michelle. Super excited to be here. Great. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes to our invitation. Well, thank you guys for having me. I mean, I think that this platform that you, Father Francis, and you, Roberta, are creating for people is going to be amazing. And I feel honored to be here. I I feel like I uh, don't always identify as doing anything extraordinary, but... Mm. I'm, I'm just happy to be here and share what I can. And um, thank you for allowing me to have this time with you both. It's, it's going to be a good, a good, you know, feel good moment. I think a year from now, I hope I get to see this again Ooh. and then laugh at what I said now. <laughs> <laughs> or notice the, the, the marker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get started. Mitchie, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of your journey? Um, sure. I mean, I think uh, if I go all the way back to the beginning, um, I am the youngest of six children. Uh, I grew up in a small little town in Texas called Pearsall, and it um, was a tiny town. So it was like 7,000 people at the time with like three stoplights. And um, I think that, you know, over time, um, I've had just a lot of really great opportunities and experiences to be where I am today. Um, and I, I don't know how much detail you want me to get into right now, but 
Um, where I am now is uh, now I'm in DC. Um, I am working for a national nonprofit. Um, what we do is we um, support and advocate for city and local health departments across the country. Um, and I am working in infectious disease and immunization. So right now, as we are all social distancing and talking about coronavirus, um, we on our side are really in the thick of it and trying to support health departments across the country. So yeah, I mean, it's it's been quite the journey to go from a tiny town in South Texas um, wow. and and be here today. So, yeah. Do you identify as being courageous? Like we were mentioning the things that we were saying about you and got excited about you. What was that like for you? I don't know, courageous or just like naive or I don't know. <laughs> Um, I think about like certain parts of life that have gotten me here and mm. you know I think a lot of it was being a bit of a dreamer um, mm. I think I've told you both at some point when I was like maybe 13 or 12 the movie Outbreak with Rene Russo and Dennis Hoffman came out and watching that movie made me want to do infectious disease work. Right. And so it was like through that movie, I was like, I want to one day be on the front lines doing this type of work. And, you know, fast forward years later, and we're now in this pandemic. And it's not, it's not a movie. And it's not glamorous. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not what I thought it would be. Um, but you know, I, I think all of the stages of getting to where I am today, a lot of it was influenced by people who have supported me, people who have been placed in my life, who have challenged me, mm -hmm. um, people who have been placed in my life, who have blessed me. Um, and every single one of those kind of phases in life has kind of really gotten me to this place. Mm. And so I think of it as kind of a journey full of these amazing blessings over time. And the blessings were the good, the bad, the ugly, but all of them were these like life lessons that got me to be here. And so um, at the beginning of this year, uh, last year, you know, was such a whirlwind. I got married um, to an amazing man and we've had this kind of just world ride of traveling all last year and you know in January I had identified that this would be the year of growth mm. for me and um, growth in what I had always perceived to be this kind of moment in time where we started to focus more on starting a family and deciding where we were going to live and all of these other things and um, that has changed so much over the last couple of months, mm. given kind of the pandemic and everything that's happened. And so I still identify it's like a year of growth. Um, it's just a different way in which I thought I'd be growing. Right on, right on. I, I think, um, you know, that, that this is what life looks like, right? Life is constantly having to pivot. Yeah. Um, and just taking life as it as it is, and I, I think part of why me and Roberta wanted you on our podcast is really identifying the courage it takes to make those pivots. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and it, to take it as uh, as life comes, you know, to us. And um, yeah, we just really recognize that in you and your resolve, really, to and maybe because you're Texan, I don't know. <laughs> I know that's so true. <laughs> right? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think of myself as being courageous um, as much as like going back to that question. I'm sorry, I went like all over the place. Like, no, that's this is great. This yeah. is totally great. Yeah, um, courageous. Like, I don't know if it's courageous as much as it's like a true belief that everything will be okay. Mm. And I think a lot of that comes from faith more mm. than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, the courage is not always there, but it's the belief mm. that God is going to get me through whatever it is that is in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so if it means taking these huge leaps um, and what would be maybe considered risks, mm -hmm. it, it is just more of this feeling deep inside my heart and like soul that makes me feel like God's got me. Like it's going to be okay. Like everything Moving. will be fine. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, you know, I know from the perceived like outside world, um, you know, that those, uh, you know, thoughts or even like actions didn't make sense at the time. Um, one of the things that's coming to mind is um, back in 2008, 2009, I quit my job to figure out what it was that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was in my 20s and my parents at the time were like, what are you doing? You know, this is a, this is, we're about to go into this financial crisis. People right. are losing their jobs. Right. And you, right. who we thought was a smart one, is <laughs> quitting your job. Like, what are you yeah. thinking? Uh -huh. And to be completely truthful, I was so naive at the time. I, I truly was just like, I'll find another job. I'm, you know, like, no big deal. Like, I can do whatever I need to do to survive. Um, and I think that at that time, you know, I think I had this kind of feeling of everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with my husband a little earlier. I know that, like, for a lot of people, um, you know, at that time, I was living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't have like, I, I went to grad school to do public health. Like I wasn't going to go to school to like bank or make tons of money. And so at the time, it was kind of like paycheck to paycheck. And I still made the decision because the job I was at didn't fulfill what I felt I should be doing. And I was telling him that it wasn't a matter of like money, like money definitely drives you know, our economy yeah, and, right. and it helps make things easier for many people. But for mm -hmm. me, it was more feeling so rich in the love and relationships I had with people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. At that time, I had such really good friends and um, one of my really good friends and her roommates allowed me to stay on their couch when I had completely run out of money. Mm -hmm. And the option could have been to go home and have my family help me out. And there was something inside of me that was just like, this is not, this isn't the time to do that. This is the time to stay. This is the time to wow. keep looking. Mm -hmm. And all of those like little blessings along the way, like I'd never felt so incredibly rich at a time when I was so incredibly broke. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. No, and I think what sticks out to me is your ability to look at 
that dream as a little girl. I mean, because it stayed with you, something in, inside of you is a fighter, you know, like, and I know that we know you personally, so yeah. we know you're a fighter, but yeah. I didn't know that the little girl was a fighter too. <laughs> and I didn't know that she had a dream and that she stuck with it and didn't let anything kind of falter, even if it didn't make sense, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, and then the lack of ego of like sitting, you know, sleeping on somebody's couch, doesn't care if their parents don't um, approve. I know you're Mexican, so that matters. Yeah, that's a big deal. So, just like this inner voice, like this inner quiet voice of just following it. And I get the point of naiveness too, because, it's, but there's still a little fight in there and a little faith of like, no, I'm going this direction, even though it may not be popular. And I love that. Well, I, I want to say too, I want to add that yeah. I think that naive, that naivete maybe is in service of us, right? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, our egos want to have everything figured out all, you know, and, and sometimes I think that naivete is a real gift for us because, you know, we all look at our lives, you know, uh, maybe in, in really vulnerable moments. And if we had known what we had known now, right. we would have made different decisions. <laughs> Right. But then maybe we wouldn't be if we had had that knowledge and that sense of mind. We wouldn't be where we're at today. We wouldn't right. have learned the lessons that were meant for us, you know, in that space. Right. Yeah. Right. And I do think they're inspiring to other people that you don't even know are watching. Uh -huh. You know, like there's this person that's like following her dreams or saying no to a job that doesn't fulfill. I think I remember that vaguely where you're just like, it doesn't fulfill me. Mm. And you know, and I know some people may see that, that, well, that's a privilege, but it was a privilege that you, that you were able to say, Hey, well, I actually can fulfill some dream of mine of finding something that's fulfilling, Yeah. but it's a risk. You know, there's so many things there that I, I'm like, dang, she's a fighter. Well, <laughs> I, I see that as the, the courage piece, Michelle, you know, that, that mm -hmm. you had that, that, uh, uh, you chose you over everybody else's thoughts and ideas of what your life was going to look like. And I, I have the sense that that is really everybody's like fight in themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, yeah. that's everybody's call to grow and to really discover uh, uh, what, what it is um, that God has placed in everybody's heart that they're meant to put out in this world, you know, yeah. that, that journey. So yeah. I, I want to, I want to um, ask about, you know, cause Roberta, you, you brought out, you know, the whole thing about culture and expectations, mm -hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, we all have them. We all, there are expectations of all of us and, you know, be coming from an immigrant family, right. Mm -hmm. There, there are expectations to succeed or however we believe success looks like. How, how did you handle all of that during that time? Yeah. So my my family, my siblings often joke that I had different parents than they did. Cause <laughs> That's a, That's a compliment, no? Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, they wore them out for me. So, uh -huh. you know, I mean, there was uh, there were six of us. And I, I have to say, Mitchie, Ruby, just really quick, being the youngest myself, I totally understand. <laughs> I told, because my, yeah. my siblings say the exact same thing about me, that I had a completely different set of parents right yeah <laughs> and I mean they really laid the groundwork I I would have mm -hmm. to say that my oldest sister is 16 years older than me mm -hmm. and um you know I think that 
all of them paved the way for me in a way in which I don't think they'll ever understand. Mm-hmm. Um, when wow. I think about my parents and my family, mm-hmm. so my, my parents were migrant farmers when they were little and they worked in the fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and they met in their 20s, they had six kids, and my dad always had this very big thing about education. Mm -hmm. Like, you get your education, no one can take that away from you, you work hard. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of those kinds of messages about working hard, taking care of yourself, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of those were instilled based off what I saw with them and how they operated to get us all through college. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that one of the things I was also mentioning to Matt earlier today, um, as we were, you know, talking about what, what the economy looks like right now and all of those things, you know, I never knew we weren't rich. And I'm not saying we, I ever thought we were rich. I, I always thought, you know, in the town that I grew up in, it, it was like, we were almost like middle class, but I grew up in such a rural town and it wasn't until I got to college when I saw what wealth really looked like. Mm-hmm. And then it was just this big, like mind blow of like, you know, realizing that my parents worked so hard to get us to where we were. And I never once felt like we didn't have what we needed. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of that has really helped to get me to feel the way I do or think the way I do. Um, I never felt like we wanted for anything. Like we didn't need to, you know, you know, I don't know. Like I, I just never felt like we were poor. And in those ways, I felt so fortunate and rich mm-hmm. in those kinds of feelings. And perhaps it's because of that, when I think about like life now, like, you know, aspiring to get a certain career, aspiring to get a certain kind of, um, you know, salary are, are things that I feel like, you know, certainly I've wanted to do over the course of my career, but then at the same time, knowing that those aren't the things that are most important. Mm. Um, And having been able to grow up in kind of the environment I did, and then getting opportunities, um, even in college, doing things like these mission trips where we would go out to parts of Mexico and see places where there would be squatter towns and people who had absolutely nothing. Um, and, And feeling like, you know, as human beings, we all have the right to certain things. Mm. Um, and having that kind of true belief of mm. the right to health care, mm-hmm. the right to access clean water, mm-hmm. the right to access food. And all of those kinds of pieces have been there. And perhaps the fighter that the parts that I, you know, really like lean to or tend to be really uh, drawn to are these concepts of I am so lucky to be where I am today and there are so many people out there who haven't had the same type of luck or who haven't been given the same type of environment and to play my role in this world it's 
this role of wanting to be that person that can fight for those types of things or who can advocate for those types of things. An advocate for sure. Amen. Um, When I was growing up, another really influential person in my life, you know, he's passed at this point, but it was going through, you know, CCD. And we had this, I mean, hard ass, like, older man who was maybe our sixth or seventh grade CCD teacher. And he simplified what he felt we were all brought to do here. Mm. And his simplification was to know him, to love him and to serve him. And that is all you have to do in this world. Mm -hmm. And those are the messages that have stuck with me throughout my entire life. Like when things get really hard, when things get incredibly chaotic in in life and in the world, those are the three things you just have to. That's all you have to do. Then life is actually pretty simple. Um, wow. You okay there, Bird? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's as you tell your story. I I found myself getting a little emotional, and it's so funny because I um. I think about an, you know, um, you coming from an immigrant family and how it <clears throat> it made you resilient mm. and yeah. strong and like a fighter. And so I'm thinking about all these things that one person would see as a dis, like um, a, a thing where it holds them back, mm-hmm. but it actually you you found you know the part where it's like, wait a minute, if these if this is my service because of the privilege that I have as um, someone that was able to go to college and a career that she was passionate about, then this is, yeah, it sounds that it sounds like that brings you joy every day. Does it, are you happy about, you know, the work or the service? No, I don't, I don't think that that's, you know, (laughs) yeah, but I do think you, you have like, there's the um, commitment, you know, my yoga instructor yesterday was focused on determination and you like stuck your, you know, stake in the ground you're like no I'm going to be of service mm. yeah. to people that are less fortunate and that deserve <clears throat> you've always been big on justice from what mm. I've known yeah. yeah for sure so yeah. I think I find it like there's sometimes in the rhetoric of like politics sometimes I know we won't go down that road but like when <laughs> you hear in the rhetoric you hear people sometimes say oh people can just pull themselves up by their bootstraps and in my mind when we talk about things like equity there are some people that don't even have boots. They have no shoes. So how are they going to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, you know? And like having that understanding and recognition of those things and and seeing it. When I was there in LA, I had the fortunate opportunity to see what life was like in South LA and in, in other parts of LA for that matter. And I remember struggling a lot in those moments because there's also this like saying, I can't place it right now, but the saying of there I go, but by the grace of God, Mm -hmm. right? So you see somebody, maybe it's a homeless person. Maybe it's in, in my case, it would be, you know, a 15 year old girl with two little kids in a waiting room trying to get service. And, and in my mind, it's like, you know, there I go by the grace of God, like I could have been that kid or I could, you know, Mm -hmm. if there had been any other situation, any other kind of choices in life, anything, 
anything could have been different. And in, in my mind, it's kind of like, we've just been all so fortunate to not have the same types of struggles and, and how can we support one another to, to help? Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, they're just trying to survive. And that's really, it's, it's really difficult for a lot of people to understand that. But, you know, I believe that God wanted us to thrive and not just survive. Mm-hmm. And so how can we as a group of people, as, as people who have the capability to help those people, help everybody else thrive, yep. you know? I love it. I love it. I'm on the same page with you, Michi, that, uh, you know, we were, we're meant to thrive, not survive. And that, that really requires us uh, being community for, for one another. And part of mine and Roberta's goal with this platform is to be able to, 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 to show the resolve of, of everyday people, you know? Um, I mean, the, the famous people have their platforms, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but we, well, our, our desire is to highlight, you know, just the daily grind of people um, and to, to, to see the heroic effort that is. And, uh, you know, with, with this pandemic, I, I, I'm seeing that. And, I, you know, I don't like to watch politics. I don't want, I like to watch the news. I like mm. to see the humanity yeah. uh, that is being exhibited during this time. And I have mm. to say, there's a lot of it. It's just so beautiful. And, yeah. um, you know, it, in moments of crisis and moments of tragedy, um, I, I, you know, I've learned over the years to just try to focus on that stuff. You know, the humanity mm. that is coming forth the advocacy that is coming forth, you know, in the way that we support one another, because yeah. ultimately like that, that's what we were created for this, this whole sense about thriving um, and not just surviving. And yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're grateful to know you and your advocacy for people. And, and it really just that, that deep inner strength and that deep mm-hmm. resolve to, 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 to move that along in, in that sense of justice, yeah. you know, for so many people. And um I, you know, I, this is an inspiring conversation for me. So uh, thank you for... And you're famous in our in our platform. You know, yes, you're right, Francis. Famous people have their own platform, but Mitchie's famous on our platform. Amen. <laughs> that's part of, you know, that's part of the reason of having you, um, you know, we're going to go public with this, yeah. <laughs> is to share it with the rest of the world and just, you know, remind people like, you know, actually people are committed to their service, to their journey, to... And do we all have it figured out? Absolutely not. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But we get to share this, you know, this journey with each other and for people to be out there like, okay, yeah, somebody is noticing. So we notice, we, we notice. notice, we see you, Mitchie. <laughs> and also to provide the space, right. To say, we don't, nobody has it all figured out, you know, yeah. and that, that's the danger for me too, because, you know, when I wear the collar and, and people say, you're, you're the priest, you're supposed to have all the answers. I'm the first person to say, I don't have the answers. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true for you, Bertie, you know, in, in your, your work as a, as a therapist where they're looking to you for answers. And really what we're all, all we're trying to do is provide space for conversations to, to be able to kind of move the, the conversation along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know that I would have to say that one of the things that <clears throat> your, your comment just made me think of, of somebody who I, like revered, maybe revered is a strong word, but 
in like the world of microbiology, infectious disease, there was a man, um, D.A. Henderson, who was known for work he did at CDC and helping eradicate smallpox from the world. Wow. And at one point in time, I made a choice to work at this organization that he was a scholar at just to be able to get like around him. I'm around him. Right? Wow. Yeah. And I distinctly remember one of my last conversations with him and it was this, you know, pure kind of notion of him recognizing that he doesn't know everything he doesn't have all the answers. He's a, he was a scientist at heart and had so many questions. Amen. In my mind, it was the first time I ever realized that people who are truly, you know, searching for those answers, those are the people who are the smartest people because they know they don't know everything. There's so much out there that is still yet to learn, you know? And we learn from not just what's in a book, but from each other and from experiences and from all of these opportunities to have this time together. And so, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you both do on a daily basis. And so to also recognize that no one really has all the answers because we're all human. Amen. Amen. I love that because I, I, I mean, I love anything that defies society and what people think <laughs> that they have to, that they have to be, or, you know, you're a rebel, you know, Bernie, you're a rebel. yeah, I know I'm a rebel inside. I should be like on the front lines or something, yeah. but um, no, I do because, because people get to hear from our conversation here, like, Oh yeah, you know, I, maybe, maybe college isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, yeah. going out and being an entrepreneur. Maybe it's, you know, going out and learning about herbs in a garden for five years. I don't know. But, you know, if you have that, that privilege to make those decisions and, you know, you don't have to follow what everybody else is doing and you get to step outside the box and ask those questions. But I kind of feel like he, you have a little bit of him, which Mm -hmm. is like, you're not following anybody's, you know, marker of this. You're doing your own thing in terms of asking your own questions and, I agree. I like that. Asking the yeah. questions. Yeah. You, yeah. you found that the smartest people are the ones that are asking the questions, yeah. not necessarily yeah. giving the answers. Seriously, that is such a huge, that's a huge insight, that's dude. Awesome. Like seriously. I love Thank that. You Thank you for that. And then I, Francis, you always talk about mystery and I think that leaves room for mystery and yeah. for adventure in yeah. the journey. Yeah. Because I know for me, I feel stuck when I'm not, searching mm, and asking amen. questions amen. amen there's rest there for sure i think that's yeah. important to yeah. be content with where you're at sometimes you know yeah. but there's also this fun part about looking at your journey and i think mitchy one of the things that stuck out to me is i saw how hard it was for you to move to dc because mm-hmm. you like southern california mm-hmm. and you love the weather I you mean, love you, built, you have your you built a community here you built a life here you know Exactly. And you made, and that internal struggle you had, and then you did it anyway, you know, without having all the answers. That was another thing that stuck out to me. And I know it stuck out to you too, Francis. I did, definitely. Yeah. We had this conversation. Sorry. So I keep referring to Matt. And so Matt is my husband. (laughs) (laughs) We know that. Yeah. But the the rest of the world might not. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah, And he, so we've had this discussion. I I think that 
one of the things I was saying to him is that one of the things that I feel I truly believe is that when the, that God like lights, he shows the light at your feet. Right. Mm. And, and when we're in places of transition, you know, transition's tough. Mm. Transition's mm. really hard for a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, and we're constantly evolving, right? Change is constantly happening. And change is always good if you're the one who gets to decide what the I know. Is. <laughs> right, totally. So when change happens to you, you're just like, yeah, totally. So um, but what I was telling him is that in those moments, and even in those moments of like, very unclear future, like things were very, very uncertain when I decided to move from LA to, to DC. There were these moments where doors just opened that were never probably meant to open, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, things just started to fall into place consecutively. That gave me full faith that this was a decision that I had to move forward with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sick, sick to my stomach. I remember the day that I finally told my job and made the decision. I think I threw up for like two consecutive days. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, but it was true. I got so sick. Because I was so stressed out and so worried about this decision, this move, this, you know, this change. And at the same time, all of these things kind of fell into place. And it was just kind of like, this is, this is what it has to be. Like, I just have to go. And it was, um, in so many ways, one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make, but then reaped some of the greatest benefits I've ever experienced in my entire life. You know, this is where I have had to grow a lot personally, professionally, but more importantly, this is where I met my husband and all of those things would have never happened if I had stayed where I was comfortable, where things just felt right. And I was perhaps maybe not growing in the way that I needed to be growing, Mm -hmm. but that I was comfortable and happy. And, you know, all of a sudden things changed and my world shifted and that shift had to happen to be able to be here today. And even to be able to talk about it retrospectively in the way that I can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I think you, um, I remember you saying, I don't understand why this is happening because I spent all these years building this foundation of support, you know, people wise or, you know, faith wise, um, work wise. I mean, I mean, you're one person that I know too, Mitchie, that knows, has friends in all parts of the U.S. Everywhere. Not the world. Everywhere. (laughs) So anyways, going back to, to that of just, you know, being so upset and confused Mm -hmm. and then still doing it anyway, you know, not talking yourself out of it. I love how real that is. I mean, like the throwing up part, like, you know, as gross as that is, that's, that's, I mean, that's a human experience. Yeah. Um, And that just shows kind of the depth of, you know, maybe the, the being pushed out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Were, you know, Um, and that, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I I don't know if you guys know Ianla Van Zant, but uh, you know, she's on Oprah. Um, she, I, but she, she says like, you know, uh, sometimes the, 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 the most impactful things that you can do are the decisions that you make where there's a little pee coming down your leg <laughs> and she got that graphic. <laughs> she got that graphic and, and you know, those pee down your leg yes. decisions, 
you know. Um, <laughs> it just our, our sounds family. so funny. You right. say it and you're like a straight face with pee down your leg. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have some real conversations on spiritual normies, man. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's, it's that raw kind of visceral emotion. Funny. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. That, that, you know, physically like, uh, you know, that we're breaking through. Yeah. That we're all breaking through. And, and it's amazing. I, you know, um, I think we've all felt that, you know, um, I, I've definitely felt that trying to figure out what it meant to be a pastor of a parish mm. and dealing with so many voices telling mm. me what to do and, and trying to honor what was going on in here. It's visceral. So, you know, I remember the three o'clock, waking up in the morning with diarrhea going, you know, it's like, (laughs) um, yeah, that's that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. And, um, I think that needs to be said that, that these decisions that are so, you know, it's, it's, but it it, also, we know that we're making these decisions that are honoring the truest parts of us. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's just, you know, again, making it clear in my head that, that sometimes there's a fight. There's a part of us that, yes, wants to take the leap. And then there's another part of us that says, stop it now. You know, this is way too much and beyond, beyond. Francis, yeah. I remember asking you, do you ever get nervous? And then about, you know, something that you're about to do and you're, yet, you're like, yeah, I throw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> like, like uh, I, I remember you asking me this question. It was it was about preaching homilies. It was about you know like how do you feel about having to like preach a homily? Yeah. And so I'm going to make this public for anybody who hears this. Is if you're if you pay attention to me while the gospel is being read, yeah, I'm actually dry heaving every single time because I know that I'm on next. You know, like after this gospel is being read, like I know I'm on now. You're on. That's so, so funny. You know, and it, again, it's a visceral thing, and and maybe, you know, it, it's it's a it's an indication that what we're about to do is super super significant and super yeah. super important, right? <clears throat> totally. And, and it's that sense, right? And 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 to me, you know, like how do I make those leaps of faith? I don't know, man. I well, don't. And I know. think from both of you, from what I've learned, is we don't have to do it alone. Like we <laughs> we have all reached out to each other at one point, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a huge thing to say because I do think sometimes, again, going back to society, people think they have to have it all figured out, mm-hmm. and you know, behind closed doors by themselves. And it's like, you know, that's that's community work. That's Mm -hmm. community healing that I think Mm -hmm. is important to have. And just to be like vulnerable enough to share it with a friend to say, I don't know what the F I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm scared. Right. That alone is just like, you know, it's the amen. Okay. I don't have to have it all figured out. Amen. Amen. But yeah. I wonder why there's so much pressure though, why we feel like we have to have it figured out. We live in the United States of America. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have to get a quote that reminded me of Mitchie's conversation today. Hold on, okay? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know what that means, Mitchie, about like uh, we're living in America. Like if we were in Mexico or in the Philippines, would it be different? Or maybe the expectation? I don't know. I mean, that's such a good question because I don't, I, I think that here we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Sure. There's a lot of pressure to yeah. have this kind of image. Uh-huh. Um, put togetherness right like put yeah. togetherness yeah, yeah. i mean and yeah. 
we we see this in like our social media feeds and sure, Facebook absolutely. and Instagram and all of the things and and there is a bit of a narrative we play for people mm-hmm. that you know I, I you know I don't know like today I put on makeup as if I needed to to be on <laughs> so did I amen <laughs> we amen. still gotta look good Matthew we still gotta look good okay? we still gotta look good amen. yeah 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 I don't know where that that comes from necessarily right. but right. It, it is this like small like seeping I okay so I I call this voice so the 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 um, words of insecurity, the mm-hmm. the things that also like seep in, mm-hmm. where it's like you hear other people's voices about mm-hmm. your opinion about what you should do, mm-hmm. but then there's also some voices that play inside my own head that are that are negative, that are um, voices of insecurity. Like you can't do that. You don't have the ability. You're not smart enough. You don't have the money. You're not, you're not X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I have over time given that voice a name. And I'll say it here. I call it Cruella DeVille. Cruella DeVille. (laughs) Wow. But it's important, right? To name the demon. Name name the freaking demon mm-hmm. that is saying all of these things that aren't true. I love that. And like, I have to step away and be like, was that God mm-hmm. or was that Cruella? Mm-hmm. And half the time, it is Cruella. I love it. Coming in and it. telling me yeah. like that I can't do X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, I, I think mm. when you guys asked me to come on this week and to this podcast, I remember thinking to myself, Corella's going to show up. <laughs> I love that awareness, though. Say, yeah. I am not yeah. worthy. I have nothing to share. I have nothing to give. Mm. Corella's going to say all of those things. And I just have to be ready for mm. when Corella decides that she wants to, like, take away the, the gifts that God has given me. Right. And so like, those are, I don't know why I, I, you're saying Corella and I don't know why, but I see Ursula's face. It's so weird. I don't know why (laughs) that is. It's a Disney, well, you, it's the Disney Disney character. Yeah. 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 It's like the thing that like, shouldn't really be that scary. And then at the end, really has no power, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. donations. She doesn't get all the dollars. I know exactly. And Mitchie, I feel like our, for our listeners, like if they want to borrow Corella, you can until you find your own, no, <laughs> your own, your own name for yours. Corella, donations. Yeah, I love that. Yay! <laughs> I mean, that is a level of awareness. Back to your your point, Bertie. That that is a level of awareness. And and to be able to quiet that voice is, is again it's that's such a big deal that's such a big deal mm-hmm. you know yeah and I think it's I don't know if nor like normie people have you know I I feel like everybody has that voice even yeah. normal people that you know grew up in a perfect childhood because sure. there are people that have that just kidding yeah. but yeah I mean <laughs> I, was like, I really who I want to meet them <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm bummed because I can't find the quote but it was something about how you know if it's easy, then you're never able to, you know, get, appreciate the journey or the, the mm-hmm. hardships or appreciate like where you get something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you, I couldn't find it. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, that's, that's so true. I think, you know, uh, the journey is a bunch of, you know, those, those, those uh, moments of, of testing and, and uh, trial, right. Where yeah. we're really tested 
uh, you know, it's like gold in the fire that's being purified or, you know, I, I, my, my thing is my, my spiritual journey or my life journey. I always just like think about like physical journey, right? It's, it's the, nobody likes to go to the gym or exercise. Like nobody likes to do that, but for you to get muscles, you know, you have to, it's resistance. And yeah. so when, when life hits us and sometimes punches us in the face, you know, we have the choice to either stay down or we're going to do something about it. And it calls forth those virtues of courage, of faith, of hope and trust. And, you know, um, which doing I, I the think hard really things. important. Doing it's the, hard, it's things. the hard things. It's the hard mm-hmm. things, you know, and as much as we hate them and let's be honest, we still hate them. You know what I mean? Like I'm 45. I still hate hard things, you know? Yeah. Um, I still, I'm still trying to, 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 to want the easy things, but I, I know that the, the easy things aren't going to be ultimately uh, of service of my own growth, you know, yeah. of my own journey and understanding life. Mitchie, is there any, um, anything that we, that you wanted to touch on that we haven't in terms of your journey or just reflecting back? I mean, I can't think of like any one particular thing that stands out. I think, and, and you, I have to apologize. I think it's because um, I, I'm so in the now, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, um, you know, we're in a pandemic. And so my work, this is, you know, we're focused a lot on infectious disease and, and all of that. And in the now, you know, um, I think for so many people, it's been so difficult, right? Because we're doing something that is not inherent or not something that we would traditionally do. And that is to social distance from one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there's so much chaos right now. Um, chaos in just the sense of we, we've been bamboozled by this yeah. virus that, yeah. you know, like has taken the world by storm and, you know, the science is still, we're still wrapping our heads around the, the science part. We're wrapping our heads around the policy parts. So we're wrapping our heads around all of the key necessities we need to be able to battle this. Mm. And I think that, you know, a lot of people right now are, are struggling in different ways. And I feel like in this moment, there's so much happening, right? So like, I do think that there are interesting times in our lives where we are meant to pause Mm. and meant to stop. And I find that oftentimes those are usually the things where we're not, we go, 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 right? We're, we're going, we're on the move, we're, we're doing things, we're a a population that travels and, you know, and, you know, in the moments and times in my life where God has paused, like forced me to stop. And it's typically Mm. when I've been sick or it's typically when like Uh. totally out of the blue, slammed right into a wall, can't, you know, do anything else about it besides pause. And I think right now, um, you know, a lot of us are dealing with that. And I know that May marks, you know, mental health month. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's so much there that I don't fully, I guess, understand or know in terms of like how people are managing 
um, during this time frame. Um, I know that, like as of today, there are over sixty-six thousand deaths in the U.S. alone, mm -hmm. and I know that when I think about January, and mm -hmm. I think for so many people, sometimes the first of the year marks an opportunity to reset yeah. into like yeah. filled with hope, right? Yeah. Filled with hope and mm -hmm. filled with how we're moving forward and what our life, the next 365 days will look like. And I certainly was that person January 1st, thinking about what life would look like. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel for so many people right now, the 66,000 people who came into this year, thinking the same things and I can't help but realize for so many people who those people touched I keep throwing out this number but every single one of them was a person who affected other people's lives and so I just you know can't help but think like we have to move past this we have to get through this we're not going back to the life that we had before. And Francis, or Father Francis, I know you've mentioned this before in terms of like, this is, things are going to be different and, moving yeah. forward. Yep, yep. I just hope that as we get this opportunity to be home, regardless of all of the feelings that we feel, that we're able to look at it from the perspective of, God is still really great. Mm. There are still really amazing things in all of our futures, regardless mm. of the loss, regardless of the, the struggle, regardless of all of the things that are happening that are temporary now. I don't know what that'll look like. I don't know when it'll be that I'll get to see you guys in person again or yeah. hug you all. Yeah. But one of the things that I think this time has given me, and I hope, you know, perhaps it's given other people is just this like moment to pause again and think about what is truly important and what are those kinds of things that are just simple, like simple things. Like we are all healthy. We all woke up and we woke up today. You know what I mean? Like there's without, so without a cough and without pain without and being sick. Yeah. Mental, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, feel True. so fortunate our families our friends the people who have been able to get through this and who have not gotten sick or who haven't had to experience what that's like you know we are all so so lucky and so um i don't know that's just where my head is right now it's probably because i've been working this morning i have to go back to work this afternoon <laughs> um i it just it speaks to you know Again, I go back to the 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 Mitchie, the younger Mitchie, which is just looking at the appreciation that you have for life that not everybody gets to have today, and it, you, you had that when you were doing your missionary, and that you have it still. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it, it's it's pretty cool, Mitchie, to have that humility and to be able to have that perspective of looking at life like and not taking it for granted. Like mm -hmm. you genuinely do not take life for granted. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's through this conversation that I'm just like, you know, how do you do that? You're, you're literally the person that's looking at, like I saw a meme yesterday, that's looking at a bird 
a bird feeder and being like, wow, that's really cool. And the cat is on there too. And the cat's like, yeah, I told you this was cool. You're literally that person that's like <laughs> appreciating like just the small things and, you know, the importance of pausing and being yeah, forced to pause in this really difficult time. And you said, you said, Mitchie, that, you know, it's just being in the present moment. And that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's the level of consciousness. Really, I think that we're all being called to mm -hmm. pause, you know, um, and I love that. And to ask the question of, you know, we've been, we've been asking the question since the beginning of quarantine, what is, what is essential? Yeah. Is essential? You know? What is essential? Yeah. Even what down is... to their groceries. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So, this is a, a time, a special time for us to, to, to really ponder that and staying in the present moment and pondering what is, what is most essential. Right? Yeah. I think also, the one thing, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Mitchie. Well, I was just going to say, I think the one thing that also I think about last year and one of the things that just kept coming to mind is we only get so much time. Mm -hmm. We only get so much time here. We only get so much time together. And the time that we get is so precious. Like this time right here with you guys is so, so precious to me. Um, I won't get this later today. You know, I won't get this maybe tomorrow or the next couple of days from now. But I get it now. And in my mind, we don't have a lot of time here. You know, in the grand scheme of things. Like, I mean, we're all, you know, in our late 30s 40s right midlife like, midlife <laughs> yeah and, and in the time leading up to this point i don't know if i've always thought this but i definitely have felt it more and more like recently is just how precious that gift is it's a gift mm -hmm. it's our time right mm -hmm. and yeah like make the time count Right. Mm. Mm. It, it, what I was going to say is a, is same line, same spectrum, which is Dr. You know, Shafali. I follow her on Instagram mm. and I listen to all her stuff and her perspective is impermanence. Like this is reminding everybody that mm. everything's impermanent. Our relationships, our life, our ability, our human body is impermanent. And yeah. so the situation and that's what I hear you saying is it's like, mm. yeah. So what are we going to do? I, and I love that because in that space of impermanence, we can maybe fall into despair or sadness, like, oh, nothing's permanent. Oh, of course. Yeah. Or do what Mitchie's doing and saying, no, let's take this as a real opportunity to live our fullest, most abundant life. You know, that, that I mean, that really, that's so beautiful. Thank you for allowing us to, to, to spotlight you and your courage and in those uh, amazing moments of your, your journey, right? So. And being vulnerable with us, Mitchie, I mean, I know um, that's not easy, you know, to be honest about the things that are going on in your journey and what brought you to your knees and what brought you, keep, you know, brought you out of it. So um, thank you. You're awesome. Amen. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I mean, you two also have this light that I'm drawn to, that the world is drawn to. You have gifts. You have these amazing gifts that you're sharing with the world, and I can't appreciate it enough. So thank you. Thanks, Mitchie. I hope this gives you an extra kick on what you're doing because I know that you're working a lot, seven days a week, if I'm not mistaken, and fighting. 
for just the public health of the world. No, that, that's, that's a not that, small job, but man. you know, your you really your advocacy for for so many people. I just I we, we appreciate that totally. Yeah, Mitchie. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with the spiritual normie today. Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining, joining us. us.